Okay. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you tonight on this beautiful evening at the end of a lovely day. And we're going to begin by making our confession of faith with our Bibles. Yes, you hold up your Bible. Scripture said that the word is to be near us, it's to be in our heart and on our lips. And that's why we say, This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. And I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Tonight I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is open. My heart is alert to receive the indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting, ever living seed of the Word of God. It will touch my heart. And it will change me. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Never, never, never. Amen. And Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are that word made flesh. We thank you for clearing the way that we could all gather here tonight to uh, be with you and be with one another. We ask, Lord, that you bless the words of the teachings. We ask that you uh, take what is good and you just blow the rest away by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that you use your word to uh, draw us closer to you and that you bring us the wisdom and the knowledge of your Holy Spirit. And we pray this as we do all things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our friend and healer. And we all say, Amen. 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 Okay, plan for God's family. Tonight, we're going to be teaching from Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, and then uh, 13, and then also in chapter 2, 42 to 47. And does everyone have a little booklet? Okay, great. So in the little booklet, you'll see some blanks, and as I'm going through the teaching, um, you'll want to fill in. Fill in the, the, the blanks, and it'll be real easy because we'll follow along, and, and you will you will uh, know just what should be uh, what you put there. And these little booklets make great study guides for when we're at home, and we want to read over and look over just what happened here tonight. Sometimes it's it's difficult to absorb it all in one evening and so forth, but to have it in writing and then be able to at your leisure. You know, read it over, think about it. Um, oftentimes, we we learn more by doing that than we do by just trying to absorb everything at one time. So, the fire of Pentecost. Now, see, that would be your first blank there. Fire of Pentecost. The fire of Pentecost. Okay. Yes. I think I have last week's. Oh, you do? Okay, well, here. Here's this week. The fire of Pentecost is the fire of Sinai where God gave his word to transform hearts. The fire of God is his holiness, it's his power, and it's his presence. John the Baptist said of Jesus that he would come to baptize in the spirit and with fire. Jesus said of himself that he had come to cast fire on the face of the earth and he wished 
they were already ablaze. The Church states that the grace of Pentecost is perpetuated in each generation through the sacrament of confirmation. Though there are many reasons why the sacrament is not experienced as such, nonetheless, the vision of it is that what happened at Pentecost is to continue in every generation. So in us and our children and in our children's children. Why is this? Jesus told his disciples that they were to wait in Jerusalem till the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. They had the best Bible teacher of all in him. Amen? Amen. They had the best pastoral care person in him. They had the best spiritual director in him. Yet, he told them to wait. They needed power from on high. Once they were clothed with power from on high, they would go to the nations and they would be his witnesses. This is for every generation of Catholics. <coughs> Baptism in the Spirit is a renewal of the graces we receive through the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. As Pope Benedict XVI has told us to rediscover what it means by being baptized in the Spirit, by renewing the graces of these sacraments of initiation. Jesus began his public ministry when he was baptized in the Spirit at the Jordan River. Then he began a ministry of teaching, preaching, healing, and delivering people from all evil. He was certainly filled with the Holy Spirit as he was formed in Mary's womb. Yet, before he started his public ministry, he still needed to be baptized. Our life, if it is going to be influential to the kingdom of God, is going to need to experience a new Pentecost. So, what happened at Pentecost? 120 men and women waited on Jesus' promise that they would be clothed with power from on high. And we can find that in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verse 29. They prayed and waited with expected faith for Jesus to fulfill his promise to them. When the Holy Spirit did come, they worshipped him. They praised God in their own words and in the prayer language of the Spirit, which the Bible tells us is the gift of tongues. They declared God's word with boldness, and many heard them speaking in their own language, declaring the marvelous works of the Lord through Jesus Christ. The Lord wants the same thing for you and for me. He wants the same thing for all of us. Throughout the book of Acts, the apostles are concerned that each new believer experience what they experience at Pentecost. The same is true for us. Today, we pray for renewal of the grace of the sacraments of initiation for those already baptized and confirmed. In our own life, this releases the grace of that very first Pentecost. The renewal of the sacraments of initiation is to produce in us joy, 
Let us drink with joy the sober intoxication of the Spirit, St. Andrews has told us. One of the early Christian leaders states that when a person, an adult, is baptized and confirmed, the Holy Spirit comes upon them from the gate of heaven so that they might be bathed in the anointing of heavenly glory and become sons of God and daughters and hear the voice of the Father. It was always the expectation of the early church that the coming of the Holy Spirit bring about a radical transportation to the life of those receiving it. A radical transformation, I meant to say. So today, we pray for this with people. It is the inheritance and heritage of every Catholic to experience this, their own personal new Pentecost. In Acts 2, 42-47, it tells us this, The grace and power of Pentecost leads to fraternal charity. The spirituality of communion or fellowship is the fruit of this outpouring of Pentecost. The Eucharist completes the sacraments of initiation. The Eucharist not only is a communion of Jesus and us, but of our fellowship in peace and unity with brothers and sisters in the Lord. From the beginning, the Lord always intended this unity and fellowship, but sin entered and broke it down. Now, the grace of Pentecost restores it. Living in fraternal charity through cultivating relationships of sharing life and faith with one another is the essence and fruit of this wonderful grace of Pentecost. Was everybody able to catch the blanks and fill in the blanks? Great, that's good. Okay. Thank you for your attention. Um, just to um, look at that a little bit, um, what we just finished. Part of being part of God's family is that we experience the grace and power of Pentecost in our life. Um, for many of us as Catholics, um, confirmation should have been that. However, it probably wasn't because of the way we perhaps prepared, not expecting that. Perhaps deficiency in catechesis. Perhaps we weren't ready at that point. But to be part of God's family is to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit experience what the apostles in the 120 experienced at Pentecost. Part of, part of God's family, then, is that what happened to the 120 on the day of Pentecost is to happen in our own personal lives, so that the results in our life are similar to that of the apostles and to the 120 in the upper room. So, um, so what we do today is we pray with people for renewal of those graces of the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation. You know, um, and what we do today is that we spend time helping people to learn about the Holy Spirit so they can have a greater expectation of the work he wants to do in their life, which is like that of the first Pentecost. So um, the, the Catholic Church's expectation is that the grace of Pentecost then is carried on every generation through the sacrament of confirmation. And if that didn't happen for us personally, then we pray over people and pray for them. Those graces 
would be stirred up and released in their life so that there would be definitely a radical transformation in their life like that of the apostles and the 120 in the upper room. So, and we would think this, we believe this is normal Christian living. Normal to be a Catholic. Normal to be a Christian in our day, to be like the first Pentecost. So, okay. If we turn, um, the second part tonight, we'll be looking at um, plan for God's family. Session three.